Hello, everyone, and welcome to In the Spotlight, Goodspeed Musicals podcast, where we deep dive into classic musicals one at a time. Well, normally that's what we do. But right now we're in the middle of our Movie Musicals March Madness competition, which we launched initially last year as just competing for your favorite Broadway musical. And this year we're theming it around movie musicals because we've been at home for a year watching so many movies. And Goodspeed is going to be streaming our archival capture of our incredible 2019 production of Passing Through. So because of all these things, we are we're doing this March Madness contest and we want to make sure you know about it in our voting. So if you go to our podcast Instagram page at in the spot pod and Goodspeed's Instagram page, which is at Goodspeed musicals. So if you missed the first round of voting, have no fear. There are many more days of voting left and you're just in time to join us for the final bit of round one voting. So head on over to our Instagrams now and make your voice heard and then come on back here so you can listen to the live results show that we did of the rest of round one on Wednesday. We'll be doing another live results show for the rest of round one on Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, but it will also be in this podcast feed after. So you want to listen to our dulcet tones instead of stare at our beautiful faces. That's okay, too. We hope to see you in our Instagram story and let the madness begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Movie Musical March Madness. My name is Michael Fling, an artistic associate here at Goodspeed. Um, and thank you for joining us, the few of you that do. We, we're changing things up a little bit this year. Um, so you may be actually listening to this in our podcast feed right now, or you may be watching us live on Facebook, or you may be watching us live on YouTube. There's so many new things and toys. And uh, that little introduction is just a preview of the madness that uh, I have unleashed this year in Movie Musical Arts and Madness. But uh, before we get to any of that, I am so pleased to welcome my, you know, last year we had this joke going that we were GSNBC, we were a cable news network, and I was Steve Kornacki. Um, and this is absolutely the Nicole Wallace to my Steve Kornacki, Goodspeed's own resident dramaturg and artistic associate, Annika Chapin, is here with us. Hello, Annika. Hi, Michael. I, first off, can you believe it has been a year since we did this like live on Instagram? No, I mean, I think I speak for many when I feels like the last year has been both 11 years and two months. Absolutely. It's like time has folded in on itself. I can't believe it's been a year. And in the, I was gonna say in the last year, we like, not only did we do this entire contest, but we also like launched the podcast. We launched all these. I just, it's like, I, in some ways, like it does feel like it's been a year, like, and it feels like it's been five years. And in other ways, I feel like we just did this like two weeks ago. Like what are yeah. we doing? So let's go ahead and dive into the contest because we have so many matchups to talk about today. Um, so those of you who aren't aware, we do do, we use official NCAA guidelines for this. So we rank 64 movie musicals from one to 64. We seed them accordingly and the matchups are like, that's how the matchups happen. Um, basically, if you're like the number one, you get the best slot. And if you're number 64, you get the worst slot at first and all those things. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up We're we're in the midst. I have like so many like computers and my amount mice what do we call what do you call multiple computer mouses mice computer mice i guess no i i would go with mouses mouses Probably. i don't know i don't know if there's it's official thing but i would say because it's like not quite the animal it's like its own thing so you would just do a, a standard plural on it and that's my that's my gut 
I agree. I agree. What if we spent the entire time? One of the end, we're like, oh, by the way, these shows went. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw up the main. Uh, this is the main uh, bracket that we're looking at. So today we're just looking at the stage right divisions, um, and I'm, I literally put my mouse around it as if you can see my mouse. You really cannot. Um, but uh, so we're just dealing with the yellow, the top, the top left, and the bottom left today. Um, and so a quicker, uh, quicker look at this before we actually get into all of it. I forced Annika to make some predictions about what she thought was going to happen this year. Um, so I'm going to throw up her chart and force her. I'm going to interrogate her on it and then I'll throw up my predictions and she can interrogate me on it. So this is a little bit, a little bit of preview of, of what we think is going to happen. So uh, this is Annika's predictions on yeah. who's going to take March Madness, this movie musical March Madness 2021. Um, I, I mean, the, the audacity that you have to pick a 15th seated Newsies to win the entire contest, explain yourself. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. So last year when we did this, although Hamilton did take the crown ultimately, which was not a surprise, we really had a lot of love for Into the Woods, which was not a show that we had predicted was going to have a lot of love behind it. And it made me realize that part of what people are doing when they're voting for this is voting for the things that are in their hearts most deeply. And I'm also super biased because I grew up watching Newsies all the time with my cousins, with my sister. I mean, like I just grew up with Newsies. And so I love Newsies deeply. And I just feel like there's a lot more people like me who have a hard time voting for something else when it comes down to Newsies. Although I will say, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, Singing in the Rain versus Newsies is like, if it comes down to something like that, that's very difficult. Singing in the Rain is a favorite movie of mine. Like a lot of these movies are favorite movies of mine, but I, Newsies was my top pick for, for like fan favorite ultimately. And so I don't know, it's a crazy prediction, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. But it's fair to say you're predicting that Newsies is going to be the Cinderella story of of this year. Is, is I, your, yeah. Yeah, I think if there's an underdog Cinderella story, my pick is Newsies for that show. I totally respect that. And I actually, well, we'll get to mine in a second because I have a couple other things I want to point out about yours. And these are going to go up on the podcast Instagram page later today, our predictions. So everyone, you can hang tight, everyone, for if you really want to investigate and terrorize us in the comments. Um, I think it's also fascinating that you've got the final four, at, like Little Shop of Horrors making it into the final four, upsetting Sound of Music. Uh, you know, talk to me about that. Sound of Music, one of the most iconic movie musicals of all time to be sure. And I am biased because it is um, hanging on a wall behind me. Um, but uh, what what makes you think Little Shop is gonna make it to the final four? Well, it's, it's some of the same, it's the same kind of concept. I mean, um, it's a little bit the, there's so much love for The Sound of Music, obviously. It's an amazing classic movie. It's a wonderful show. I, so many people grew up with it. But, but the people who love Little Shop love Little Shop. And it's, I, I feel like a lot for a lot of people, The Sound of Music is beloved, but for the people who love Little Shop, it is their favorite. You know what I mean? And so I might be over, um, wait, like weighting too highly the the idea of the sort of Cinderella story or the, or the sort of cult favorite over the the popular favorite. But I thought, you know what, let's have some fun with this. And for my predictions, I was gonna, 
I weighted the ones that felt a little more um, like the like nine people's favorite things instead of a hundred people's nine favorite things. Basically, the quote title of show, one of everyone's favorite. But so that was another one where I thought if it's not Newsies, it could be. I could see it being Little Shop. Uh, I'm I totally totally hear you on that. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw up my predictions so you can interrogate me because I certainly have I have also Newsies as a bit of a Cinderella story here. Um, but I think my Cinderella story is I'm I'm thinking Roger Hammerstein's Cinderella starring Brandy and Whitney Houston is gonna make it all the way to the final four. That's kind of my bold. Uh, I'm going. I think it's gonna beat Newsies. I think it's gonna upset Wizard of Oz. I think it's gonna take that upper bracket. But feel free to read me to filth on any of my predictions. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you've gone for, I mean, I think your predictions seem to be a little bit more according to the seating, which is the, the big powerful ones last longer than than the, the lower ranked ones, which makes total sense. I mean, it's interesting to me about Cinderella, and I think you might be right. That's definitely another one that feels like it, it's beloved, obviously has a lot of heat because it just, um, it just was- A release a, on Disney Plus. What? It was released on Disney Plus. Yeah, it was released on Disney Plus, so it was made available to a lot more people than than previously. So it's got that going for it. Um, I also think it's interesting because you're a little bit younger than me. So for me, like I think what Newsies is to me, Cinderella might be for you. Um, because I think that's super fair, because yeah. I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I love it too. I I just, you know, I guess we'll see. I mean, this is what's so hard about this. It's like you you're trying to use your logical brain and also your emotional heart to to predict what's going to happen. So we'll it's, see where the people fall. It's absolutely wild. And like last year, I mean, we did not expect into the woods to go near as far. We had like South Pacific upset in the first round. I mean, there were so many yeah. like crazy things. I don't know if it's going to be as crazy this year, but we'll see. It's it's fascinating. This year, we, we did open the survey up to our um, email audience. So there's a big um, email survey that went out for the first round. So that's a huge chunk of votes that we didn't have previously. We did it on Goodspeed's Facebook, Goodspeed's Instagram, and now the podcast Instagram, which is a very like specific audience. So I, I, we're kind of, we are in like new uncharted territory for the contest, much as like, you know, I mean, we're yeah. You know, the whole thing is bananas and um, silly anyway, but you know, totally. putting smiles on people's faces, one one matchup at a time. Absolutely, and we should just remind people too, which you probably had a plan to remind people later, but um, the framework for this whole thing, because there are so many movie musicals, there are a lot of great ones that we couldn't put on the bracket. Um, sorry to my Uncle Miles, who appears in the film hair, which is not on our bracket. <laughs> we really tried to get a diverse group in terms of age of the movie, um, styles of the movie, big ones, small ones. So we're, we apologize if there's ones that are not on here that you feel should be. But also we eliminated all of the Disney animated movies solely because there are so many good ones. And if we put them on there, they would just take up half the space and we couldn't choose, you know, and you'll notice there's not all the RNH movies. Like they, it's a, it's a smattering across. And we, we tried to give a nice wide, um, you know, yeah survey of of the canon we also did not include some like foreign movies that are like very much can, like umbrellas of um what you call it like censure board yeah. like some of those that like people haven't really yeah. seen but they're like in film circle i said in film circles they are well respected and we didn't do a lot of that too so it's yes yeah. also movies that are not technically musicals like footloose or once which are use music prominently but don't have people think that that yeah so 
et cetera. And the good thing about this is if there's a movie you love that is not in our bracket, then you get to think to yourself that it would have definitely taken the entire thing. So that's the advantage of not having it in there. That is also also very true. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead. So we're, we're you know, cause we're getting all fancy this year. I have, we have like graphics, but I have to share them on my other computer. So we're gonna go ahead and dive in first. Um, as I like throw this up, Annika, this is your upstage right predictions. Um, yeah. You've got Singing in the Rain. You've got Hedwig taking out Seven Brides. You've got um, uh, everything else is pretty much the higher seed taking it all. But talk to us a little bit, you know, like uh, as we as we throw up, what what makes you I think that Hedwig is going to overtop Seven Brides as then I like show my predictions. I mean, part of it is wishful thinking because Hedwig is potentially my favorite movie of all time. I just adore it. And I, I actually personally, this might be controversial. I think it is actually a better movie than show, although I love it on stage too. I think the, the film really um, is a beautiful, beautiful piece of filmmaking in addition to being a beautiful piece of musical theater writing. So a lot of that is just me being, uh, having to play favorites and letting my heart overwhelm my head. But part of that is also that like, you know, in some ways you have this bizarre matchup here. You have Hedwig, which is about gender identity and, and all of these topics that Seven Brides are sort of the, the the oldest version of that. You know, Seven Brides is beloved of many people because it's a classic for a long time, but it's also like very problematic on a lot of levels. So I thought that maybe some people, even though they grew up watching Seven Brides, you know, love the score, have fond memories of the movie, amazing choreography there. They might let their 2021 brain take over and say, I can't really vote for Seven Brides right now without the caveats that like, ooh, there's some stuff in there that's not great. And I'm gonna vote for Hedwig. I think if Hedwig goes down, it probably is because not a lot of people have necessarily seen Hedwig. That's what I'm telling myself because I love Hedwig, so. The stories we tell ourselves, Brazilian yeah. people. Okay, so our very first, um, our very first thing, hold on, make sure that I got my thing. So our first matchup, number one seated Singing in the Rain versus number 16 seated Fame, probably to not many surprise, Singing in the Rain really outdoing Fame on all platforms. I mean, it's one of the greatest movies, you know, of all time, it's on all those lists. It's the number one ranked, number one seated movie on our list and Fame was barely making it in. So um, I, I don't think either of us are, or anyone that was is too surprised. I'm sorry to you 80s, um, 80s uh, lovers who did not get to see Fame uh, through, but you know, that was a tough, it was a tough matchup. Fame not going to live forever in this particular bracket. Okay, well, and, <laughs> and the jokes begin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one RFI playing with. Our next matchup is um, definitely is the Hedwig as uh, an eight seated Seven Brides versus a nine seated Hedwig, and we've got an upset alert here. We've got an upset alert, um, so that means play this. because I also created memes for this. So we're diving into the crosstabs. We're getting Steve Karnacki in on this. So Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I'm gonna see if I can get my pointer over here. Where's my mouse? Where are you? I can't see you. Okay, well, anyway, um, you can see Goodspeed Instagram. The only play, the two places Seven Brides 
or the one place that Hedwig really outperforming Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is on the Goodspeed Instagram, the podcast Instagram, not quite, I'm actually not sure that that's correct. I feel like I'm actually, that's a, maybe a data error. We may need to go back to our decision desk and see what the situation is there. Yeah, that is a mistake. That is a mistake. Those numbers are actually flipped. Good work, Michael. We're on our first thing and Michael's already messed up a graphic. Okay, so, um, as we, you know, or so this actually, this number here belongs here. So on Instagram, Hedwig outperforming seven, uh, outperforming seven brides um, on Facebook and the email survey, seven brides doing a lot better. Again, I don't think that's necessarily a surprise. We've got a younger audience on Instagram. It, it, it gravitates to a younger crowd. Um, and then we've got, you know, an older audience on Facebook and then our email survey, which um, of course goes out to a huge list of people who have seen shows at Goodspeed over the years. So that list is probably gonna skew older than the younger. Oh, and Annika, why did you went away for a second for me? I don't oh. know what it was. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, we'll see. Any thoughts, I, I mean, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, but any, any quick line takes from this before we see the final results? Well, I just, I mean, I, I can't do numbers fast enough to figure out if this is a true upset or not, but um, I am very proud of of the Goodspeed, in, the podcast Instagram for coming through. And also I want to give a shout out to my sister Zoe Chapin, who loves Hedwig also, and I think started a, a mini campaign to to get justice for Hedwig. So I guess pulled through indeed, or if it... it in, did in another realm because it's not looking good here. Like Matt, she did, she yeah. did, she did, she did good work, and it sh it shows off on the podcast Instagram again. Those numbers are flipped. Um, so going back to it, this gets us to a final tabulation of fifty three percent to forty seven. It gets really tight in there, but Seven Brides is going to squeak out the victory. So uh, we we bid a fond farewell to Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Although I. I will say, if you haven't seen Hedwig, <laughs> please take this like take this as a nudge to go and watch that movie. It is a joy and a beautiful, beautiful thing. And maybe in future years, we'll put it back on this survey. So I, was say, I haven't, I have not seen it. It's one of the few on this on this side of the bracket that I have not seen. And I, I was disappointed it's not streaming anywhere because I really do want to see it. And so many people that I love and respect love it. So it's definitely on my list of, uh, it's definitely on my list of things to check out. Okay, so moving on to our next matchup, we've got The King and I versus The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Um, again, this one, not not really that much of a surprise. I have to say, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, um, as uh, problematic as it, as it may be uh, in contemporary times, although, you know, uh, it, it's got a great score and lots of fun, and we love Dolly Parton. Uh, you know, inventor of the vaccine, Dolly Parton. <laughs> she is not inventor of the vaccine, <laughs> to be clear. You know she deserves credit for all good things. So I feel she, fine about that. I what mean, a rock star. I when she sliced bread, whatever. When she changed Jolene to vaccine, I couldn't get out of my head for like two days. Um, but um, this should not be too much of a surprise. King and I, again, one of the mega great uh, movie musicals of all time. Um, iconic performance from Neil Brenner, recreating his um, Broadway role and Deborah Carr stepping in. Uh, and the first film uh, that Marnie Nixon, famous dub artist Marnie Nixon, dubbed Deborah Carr's singing in King and I. 
And uh, a lot of movies on this list have benefited from Marty Nixon's uh, invisible work. Um, but I do believe that we have a comment from um, Miss Dolly Parton herself. I'm getting word um, that she has something she'd like to say. Me, I'll be just fine and Lord, it's like a hard candy Christmas. I'm barely getting through tomorrow, but still I won't let sorrow bring you way down. You know, but it's so it's so good to hear she has a positive outlook on the loss. It's really, it's, yeah. um, any, any words you'd like to add, Annika? No, just that it's always delightful to see Dolly Parton. And I'm slightly worried that she's looking ahead to Christmas that much. But you know what? Whatever brings you, whatever gets you through. <laughs> I have, I am having too much fun with this. Okay. Um, <laughs> these clips and memes. All right. Our next matchup, we've got Funny Girl versus Across the Universe. Across the Universe, the, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the jukebox musical that Julie Taymor directed about 15 years ago now, that's all Beatles mu music, lots of great arrangements and strong visuals as one would expect from Julie Taymor. Uh, I don't know that it's too big a surprise, um, but Funny Girl is gonna pull out a victory here as well with really healthy margins across across the board. Yeah, I mean, how can you compete with Barbra Streisand really? Like for that performance alone, because I, I think there would be people who say that like, it's not technically a great film necessarily, but like, who cares when you have Barbara Streisand playing this role and singing those songs? I mean, that Don't Run On My Parade itself. I mean, people, uh, the My Man. I know controversial that My Man replaces um, the music that makes me dance for the movie, but like Barbara Streisand yeah. singing My Man, come on. There's yeah. just not, uh, uh, come on. Yep. That shot of her on the ferry, which is like- Oh my God. It's yeah. iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. Um, okay. Next matchup, we've got, oh, Oklahoma and an image that was not replaced. We have our second graphic mistake <laughs> of the day, friends. Um, so this is a number, this is a number, uh, six-seated Oklahoma taking on Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Taking on Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, um, probably not too much of a surprise that um, Oklahoma is going to squeak out a victory. Again, this is supposed to be Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Of course, the movie starring Marilyn Monroe, famously Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, comes from this movie. Um, and based on the musical of the same name that made Carol Channing a star. But any thoughts, Annika, on um, on Oklahoma taking on taking its space? I mean, I, no, I, I feel like that's right. Oklahoma is certainly one of the big movie musicals that I think of when I think of classic mu movie musicals. And um, as much as I do love Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, and it is always a joy to watch uh, Marilyn Monroe, you know, Gentlemen Preferred Blondes is a is a, a, a kind of light frothy, <laughs> problematic in terms of certainly sexism and gender stuff now, but like um, it, it's not a, it's not the heavy hitter that Oklahoma is. So this is not a surprise. And we uh, return to a second graphic mistake. Clearly Michael was in a hurry getting all these numbers in and crunched <laughs> and um, things will be better tomorrow. Um, but you know I prefer to think that across the universe is just having its revenge. And it's, it's like, just... you know what, I'm, if I'm gonna be defeated, I'm gonna show up in every other bracket forever. Famously across the universe known for its visuals. So it's, yes. just, it's just sticking with the brands. Yeah. Um, now this is actually a number three seated Mary Poppins against a number 14 seated Gigi. 
Um, the original movie musical that Lerner and Lowe wrote after the big success that was My Fair Lady, it did win Best Picture at the Oscars, maybe a bit of controversial controversial ranking at 14 with a Best Picture win and relatively successful one time, Leslie uh, Caron starring in it. Um, but uh, Mary Poppins, obviously, I mean, I famously love Mary Poppins. I'm I'm drinking out of my Mary Poppins mug and probably will for all of these broadcasts because we have a theme. Um, it's also blue. Um, but um, I any uh, I don't think uh, Gigi, I watched actually this weekend because I had not seen it. it. I will say I'm going to put myself in the solo mode for this. It's a teeny bit problematic. And by teeny bit, I mean a lot of bit problematic. Um, lots of like, okay, great things about it. Some lovely numbers, um, a lovely, uh, lots of things to, to enjoy about it, but definitely hasn't aged well uh, with uh, some lecherous old men and uh, young women. Uh, Annika, any thoughts on this matchup? No, I mean, Mary Poppins is such a titan. It would have been hard for a lot of things to beat it, but yeah, I'm not surprised that... It, Gigi is has, as you said, many many wonderful things, and also uh, a fair degree of ickiness. Uh, so, so Mary Poppins all the way. I was going to say it's uh, not much of a contest here. It's um, in many of the cross tabs. It actually Mary Poppins um, and versus Gigi is the biggest disparity. A lot of places where Mary Poppins is getting like 96 percent of the vote against Gigi. Can't say that I'm entirely surprised by that, um, but definitely um, the thing, I am also getting word that we have our reporter down on the field uh, who has Mary Poppins for comment. How does it feel, Mary Poppins, winning the race? Oh, well, I... Gaining fame and fortune? Yes. Having your picture taken to the newspaper? Uh, naturally, I'm delighted. Besides having your extreme good looks, if I may say so. Oh, well, I wouldn't get... There probably are words to describe your emotions. Now, 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 gentlemen, please. On the contrary, there's a very good word. Am I right, Bert? Tell them what it is. Right. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I mean, what? The press was there. This is how important movie musical March Madness is. We've got reporters on the yep. field seeking questions. I mean, and of course... Yeah. It's super Califragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, absolutely. I need to be stopped. Our next matchup is a number seven seated Hairspray against a number 10 seated Funny Face. Funny Face, a movie that I also discovered recently that is thoroughly charming um, in, in so many ways. Um, but Anika, thoughts on this on this matchup? I mean, I think we have a, a probably a, a familiarity thing here. I would imagine that Hairspray would take this just because sneezing. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, We're live, folks. You're getting it all. That was a real live sneeze. Um, <laughs> I think Hairspray is going to take this just because people know the show very well. The movie, even though it's not considered one of the, the most amazing movie adaptations, it's a pretty solid adaptation of a show that is considered a great classic show now versus Funny Face, which, I mean, I feel like I saw Funny Face a long time ago. I can't really remember it super well. It doesn't quite have the place in people's memories, I think. So I think for that alone, Hairspray is going to take it. 
And you would be right in that prediction, Hairspray. Um, uh, having a little bit of weakness here, Funny Face, certainly a movie that has a lot of uh, love behind it, particularly for Audrey Hepburn fans, um, and deservedly so. I will also say for um, the musical theater gays listening and watching, um, or just really anyone who wants some trivia, um, uh, Kay Thompson, the author of the Eloise books, stars as like the supporting actress in Funny Face. It's like her only movie role, and she's incredible in it. Like I literally was so, I was like, what, I, why didn't she do more? She's incredible. I like, I, I was fully, fully gooped, fully gagged by her performance. So I would highly recommend it's on Amazon prime. Check it out. It's a fun hour and a half kind of uh, treat. Yeah. Think pink. Think pink. Think pink. Okay. And now I think we have our last matchup in the upstage right bracket. It's been so long since I've been on uh, a stage or directing really for stage that I've forgotten my stage directions. Um, but we have a number two seat of Chicago against a number 15 seat of Fan of the Opera. Chicago, widely considered to be one of the greatest movie adaptations of all time. A lot of people, myself included, here's a hot take, would say that it is, and maybe it's not a hot take, but I would say that it, it, it improves upon its source material. Um, I think Chicago works as a movie um, in a and amazingly well um, in Rob Marshall's um, direction and point of view. And I think it works better than it does on um, on stage. But I know a lot of people love stage show too. Fan of the opera, definitely a lesser loved movie adaptation. I will also say I revisited this one in quarantine and uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, any thoughts, Annika, before we, see, before we see the results? No, I mean, it's clearly the battle of the black and red posters also. But um, yeah, I mean, you said it. I think Chicago is a really great film. Um, and I agree. I think it's it improves upon the source material. Um, I think Phantom is a campy guilty pleasure for many. Um, but it's it's just a sort of bizarre film. And it definitely has its love and some, uh, it definitely has some, uh, uh, which I would say guilty pleasure love about it, um, which I think explains a little bit of that um, higher percentage um, for it. But um, Chicago gonna gonna take this one. Okay, so oh no, we're so many mice, so little time. Um, I need to stop sharing. How do I? Good grief, Charlie Brown. How? Um, stop sharing. I can't find my mouse. Well, okay, this is going well. Um, so I'm going to remove that from the thing. Okay, look at that. So um, with that, we're going to take a quick little break because we're all here. We're here today because Goodspeed is streaming its own kind of movie musical. Um, it's a it's the archival shot of um, the new musical Passing Through that we debuted at the Terrace uh, summer 2019. It's an incredibly, incredibly special show um, and... Um, there's, there's so much to love about it, but a ton of people don't know it because it's new. Um, so we're being sponsored by Goodspeed On Demand and Passing Through this year. Um, so part of that, we're going to we're gonna show you a clip of the opening of Passing Through, which uh, is the first song, and it's so great. And um, I promise you're going to have it stuck in your head after this. So we'll be, we'll be right back. Hold on, I'm coming. Only got two legs, goddammit. Hello? Hey, I got a fella here and he's walking. Well, he's walking across the country like a dummy. It's cold weather out and I was gonna put him up in the shed, but it's warmer here in the shop and he looks like a clean cut guy. 
Between these trees we are woven together From our mother's roots and our father's song And I press him down and he ain't got no gun or pistol And on these roads we unravel our burden I don't know why he's walking, just some crazy son bitch I think Though the threads are weak, together they are strong. At the office, at the bus stop, at, at the, the Starbucks, Starbucks or the, the grocery store, there are people, we don't see them, each with stories that we all It's so good. <laughs> it's it's so good. I mean, and and to our audience, this is this is a slightly different thing, which you also didn't include in this bracket, which is a production that was on a stage that is filmed, and we did this in 2019, and it is one of those special special pieces that just we had this in our festival at Goodspeed first, and then we did the production, and both times it just is one of those special new works that hits a nerve and feels like you're watching something that is why we do theater. Like you you sit down in a theater with the hopes that you will watch what this show is. And it's just such a thrill that we can now offer it to the audiences. Um, it, I, I just, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Please go and, and get a ticket and stream it um, because it's wonderful. And just another cool little factoid. Um, so it's based on the memoir of Andrew Forstoffel, who did Walk Across America, and the writers, Brett Ryback and Eric Uyoa, who are so, so brilliant, they, they put little pieces of Andrew's actual journey um, in the show. And that first guy who's talking about putting Andrew up in the shed, that, that was actually someone that was almost verbatim from a recording that Andrew made of someone along his journey. And so there's all of these little things in there that are just, it's it's a version of America that I think we feel is missing right now, which is like a unified place with a heart that is shared. And for all these reasons and more, I won't I won't talk about it anymore because we got lots to do, but go I see mean, it. 
But but to your point, I mean, even just to sit and to feel like you're in a darkened theater and mm. to see those heads along the the thing, it's like that sense of community. I just it's it's really special. So go to goodspeed.org, get your link today. Um, it's it's so worth it. I, I trust me, trust me, trust me. You you cannot miss it. It's it's just it's it yeah. it's blah. I, I mean, again, podcast podcast audience can't it can't see the smile on my face, but it's. Yeah. It's so, so good. <laughs> um, okay, so we are now to the downstage right division first round um, to remind everyone, Annika, <clears throat> these are Annika's predictions um, for this bracket, predicting that Greece will win the whole bracket um, and that, um, again, fairly, um, basically no upsets for you in this one except for La La Land and Greatest Showman. Uh, so talk us through that a little bit, Annika. What... Um, I think it's fair to say, I think I have a very similar bracket, a very similar prediction here. Um, although I'm predicting that Mamma Mia is going to upset Rocky Horror. Um, mm -hmm. That's about the only place, at least in this round, that we um, we diverge. Um, but Annika, talk to us about um, that matchup of La La Land and Greatest Showman and what, what do we think is going to happen there? Well, really interesting because obviously two of the most prominent uh, original movie musicals um, that, you know, have happened in the past 10 years, I think. Um, I mean, either like five, five. I mean, there, five? It's, it's like five years since they both, like, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but like, it's going to be really interesting because I feel like La La Land was certainly the more celebrated um, of the two. Obviously it didn't win the Oscar as we know, although it very briefly did. Um, but uh, a lot of controversy around it. People sort of, as much as people love it, people hate it. Um, Greatest Showman is something that is also controversial because lots of people love it. I mean, I think when I'm talking to people who are not musical theater people in a class or something like that, the number one question I get is, is Greatest Showman going to go to Broadway? And um, there is so much love for it, even though um, I personally feel like it's a kind of a huge mess of a movie and, um, you know, there's there's differing opinions. So I think this is going to be really interesting because it's, it's just going to be ultimately down to which one people love more. Um, for me, that's La La Land. I like La La Land a lot. Um, but, you know, this isn't about me. This is about the people. And I keep thinking of those people who ask me those questions. So I think it's going to be Greatest Showman. I mean, I was going to say, I, I, I have the same prediction for the same reason. Um, and I also, I had not seen Greatest Showman. And so in preparation for this, I did like watch it. And so much of the score, um, Pascal and Paul, the, the score is full of uh, bops and oh, yeah. tunes. I mean, I it is very much a Broadway musical um, feel, um, but filmed. It's It feels like it's a Broadway show that has then been adapted into movie. Whereas La La Land, I think, feels like an like feels like a movie musical, which is what it sets out to do is to create a, a musical that feels like a movie. And I think that those two things are very, um, uh, very distinct. And I don't know if everyone thinks about it that way, but I think it may be instructive as we look to who wins that matchup, where our audience is going to be and where, um, what might be, you know, winning in the future. Um, yeah. But... That brings us to our first matchup, which is West Side Story versus Enchanted. Um, again, West Side Story, one of the all-time great movies. Again, I think it's like this, you know, the third um, high-ranked is our number one seed, obviously. Um, one of the great all-time movies directed by Robert Wise, who also directed The Sound of Music and co-directed by Jerome Robbins, who famously, of course, directed and choreographed the original Broadway production um, and was fired from the movie, actually, before uh, he had actually finished um, filming and before they finished filming. Um, 
but he did uh, oversee a lot of musical numbers. Um, some controversy there that we can get into later. Um, and then a number 16 seated Enchanted, which is a really delightful um, Disney movie musical that um, I personally love a lot. Um, and has a lot of great songs by um, Alan Menken and Steven Schwartz and is a delightful, delightful way to spend a Friday night. So Annika, thoughts on this matchup? I mean, I think this is one where if Enchanted weren't up against such a heavy hitter, it, it might well have taken it because there's a lot of love for Enchanted. It's really charming. Um, but, you know, West Side Story is one of the biggest, most classic movie musical films, and I just don't think anything can beat it. And I, you're right, it was a story easily winning this one. I think you're right that if Enchanted had another um, another matchup there, I think it maybe it would have done well because I think people forget how how much that movie is is loved. Um, so, uh, or I kind of forget about it in some ways. I take it for granted, I guess, is the way to think about it. So our next matchup, of course, number eight, Seated La La Land versus number nine, Greatest Showman. We do have an upset alert. We do have an upset alert. This is a tough battle. So a tough battle ahead for this one. We've got eight seed La La Land. So really across the board here, the only place La La Land's outperforming Greatest Showman is in the podcast Instagram. Fascinating, in, in a fascinating way. That's the only place that it's actually, um, it's actually overtaking it. But the turnout on Instagram is so great um, in comparison to Facebook um, and, and the email. You know, the, the way that it kind of shakes out is... Um, interesting, but I think for me the most interesting part of this is that even the older audience that we see on Facebook and the email is gravitating toward Greatest Showman, and I would have suspected that they gravitated toward La La Land actually. So thoughts? Really? I I don't agree with you there. I actually feel like um, it. There's the Greatest Showman is so much in the vein of sort of older classics that that I I feel like that's. I'm not surprised that a lot of our older audiences who love that that sort of classic golden era show which would gravitate towards that. La La Land, I think you made a really good point about it being a movie musical. Um, I think it's a little bit more artsy and a little bit more indie and uh, see and I think what I'm what I'm thinking about because yeah, I, I agree yes, because I kind of in the way I said that made went against my earlier point in some mm -hmm. ways. Um it, but I think what I was talking about or at least in my mind, why I expected La La Land to do better is because it feels like, and it's shooting to be like those Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, mm -hmm, Gene Kelly, mm -hmm. the older style yeah. of musical and Greatest Showman has a very contemporary pop score that yeah. while it feels like a Broadway musical, it is as contemporary as today's headlines, despite its period setting. So I, I that's why I kind of thought that that disjointedness might have been uh, not something that that audience would enjoy versus La La Land. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. It, they both have elements of of old fashioned movie musicals and elements that are much more contemporary. And you're right, uh, Great Showman does have a very cool uh, Bobby score, and, and La La Land has some also great music. I was gonna say both written by Pask and Paul, so it's really oh, yeah. Pask and right. Well, Pask and Paul only did the lyrics on La La Land, though. I think. Oh, okay. I don't remember these things. I don't. I don't know that one. But yeah, I think that's true. But but yeah. All the, oh, sorry. Between all the cross tabs, between all the things. Um, Greatest Showman is going to advance to the next round over La La Land. I got of C, you know, we can see, of course, it being tighter than um, some of those cross tabs would indicate based on turnout. But um, you know, you got to get on Instagram. You got to vote, team. You got to you got to get the get get that vote in. Um, and so our next matchup, 
We've got Moulin Rouge versus Savita. Two, interestingly, like late 90s, early 2000s, how this kind of matchup happened. But a number five seeded Moulin Rouge versus Evita. I've got a, a Moulin Rouge taking it in my bracket here. But uh, I also know that it's kind of a polarizing movie. Uh, there are a lot of people who don't like, like vehemently don't like Moulin Rouge. Um, and who are these people? Oh, What's wrong with them? Oh, I have so many people in my life that like are very anti, like Baz Luhrmann, don't like Moulin Rouge, which I I love it. I think it's a master. I think it's kind of a masterpiece of movie making and musical. I think the movie I haven't seen Broadway show yet, but I I think it's extraordinary. So, um, but the Avita movie also kind of controversial, Madonna casting and all that. So, so Annika, where do you think where do you think this is going to land? I think this is a Moulin Rouge victory. Um, it's it's I'm a I love Baz Luhrmann especially his early work like um, Strictly Ballroom which I wish they would make into a Broadway show they did make it into a musical in Australia it didn't go super well but like whatever anyway that's a different topic um, I just I think Moulin Rouge is so unique and iconic that even though Evita is not terrible like I I think yeah this I was is gonna say I'm I was surprised so I'm surprised to see that Evita did so well actually I did yeah. kind of expect it to be a little more weighted toward Moulin Rouge um Me frankly too. but um but still Evita you know a good a good Friday night movie to watch the story of Ava Brown is very interesting um particularly given our very um polarized political climate she's a polarizing figure a figure in Argentina so there's some interesting um some interesting storytelling there. Okay, so our next matchup, we've got four-seated White Christmas versus a 13-seated Sweeney Todd. This is one of those um, times where the Sweeney Todd movie, very, um, again, a, a divisive. A lot of people don't think it lives up to the standard that the, the stage show is. Um, and um, again, some some controversies in there, but definitely a Tim Burton stylistic thing. And we've actually got an upset alert here because there also are a ton of people who love Sweeney Todd um, and um, White Christmas again? One of those, um, one of those stalwarts, um, you know, holiday movie staples. So I'm gonna toss it to you, Annika. What are you, what are you thinking in this matchup? Wait. So when you say upset alert, just to clarify, that means that it's an upset in terms of like it didn't go the ultimate thing didn't go as we expected or that along the way the voting was different than we expected. So I should clarify for those of us who are not ESPN viewing um, people, upset alert just means it's a lot closer than you would oh, expect it to be. So it doesn't it. necessarily mean that it, it's, it isn't actually an upset. It just means we're going to go into the crosstabs. We're looking at it. We're like in the, it's in, it's a, it's a tight race is the way to, is the way to think about it. So it's yeah. very tight, um, a lot tighter than I think I would expect. So, um, uh, Annika, what do you think, how do you think it's going to go? I, I mean, uh, this is a real up in the air one for me because I think White Christmas, you know, super nostalgia factor. I think some people grew up watching that movie. I think a lot of people conflate Holiday Inn and White Christmas into one thing, which is kind of fair because they're very similar. Um, White Christmas has some very problematic things now, the movie. Um, so, you know, ugh, there's that. But also, I think you're right about Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd is a beloved musical, certainly. But this adaptation, which is Tim Burton's vision of it, is not necessarily that beloved. So I think for a lot of people, this is probably a tough battle because, um, you know, do you do you reward the not your favorite movie adaptation of a show you really love or do you give it to a movie that you have some great fondness for but also like have some real reservations for so let's so see this one is, we have a little bit of a graphics error here again um sweeney todd um doing very well 
on um, Instagram, uh, but at 48% actually. So that's that second number there is a mistake, but it does incredibly well on Facebook. Um, Incredibly, incredibly well on Facebook, which is fascinating. And White Christmas, of course, really um, uh, trumping it in the email survey, which I I can't say that I'm entirely surprised by. But of course, it it gets so much podcast um, Instagram vote and such so much good speed um, Instagram vote and Facebook. It you know, it's a lot tighter than I think we'd expect. Um, At least than I expected, because I am the producer. So I deem upset alerts. Um, But um, when it comes down to it, uh, White Christmas still going to pull out the win with 59% of the vote uh, versus Sweeney Todd's 41. So Mr. Todd not going to win this contest. Um, it's a, it's a sad, sad day, um, but a fun, a fun movie to watch sometime. And White Christmas, of course, staple of um, the holiday season and uh, can't say I'm entirely surprised. No, I'm not either. But uh, But I also encourage people to go back and actually watch White Christmas, which is not... Also, what the show, the Broadway show, White Christmas, which many people have now seen, that is a sort of amalgam of a few different of these movies. So, because White is. Christmas is the one that has a scene in blackface, correct? No, that's Holiday Inn. That's Holiday Inn. Okay, never mind. Um, the the problem if there's a problematic thing about White Christmas, it's the um, it's the um, minstrel show number that they talk yeah. about a minstrel show and tell Mr. Yeah. Bones jokes. That's the that's the part that hasn't aged so well. Um, though I will confess to it being quite an entertaining number as, um, whereas I think Holiday Inns is, is like, it should not be like, it. it's not, it's bad. That's bad. Um, White Christmas is not great. It's appropriation, but um, I don't know. It's not in blackface. So I guess it doesn't feel as bad to me. This is uh, such a low, like a- so yeah, it's a really, uh, it's a tough, a tough look. Um, okay, our next, our next matchup, Rocky Horror Picture Show at a number six seed, Mamma Mia at an 11 seed. Again, we've got an upset alert. This is a really, really tight, tight race, Annika. Coach us through why this may be as tight a race as it is. Yeah, well, we, we had different predictions on this. I think I thought that Rocky Horror would make it through. You, th- you went for Mamma Mia. Um, for me, Rocky Horror is definitely, I mean, I love dark and weird things, as you may have been able to tell from my love of Hedwig uh, and Little Shop coming up in here. So for me, Rocky Horror is something that I grew up watching, probably a lot younger than I should have been watching it. But um, I, I just love it. It's so weird and it's so unique. And um, I think, and that, you know, you've got that Tim Curry performance at the center of it. You've got the time warp. Like it's iconic to me in a way that Mamma Mia, while it's a perfectly fine adaptation of a, of a perfectly fine show. Um, I have, to, I personally voted for Rocky Horror here. Cause I was like, I have to give it to this weird creature that is Rocky Horror instead of Mamma Mia, which is like very entertaining, but it's a, you know, it's a kind of straight across the board movie version of a straight across the board show. So that's how I, feel. I have to say, I am a huge lover of Mamma Mia. Like I mm-hmm. famously, I have said if Mamma Mia did act one twice, it would probably be my favorite musical of all time. I don't like when it tries to have a point at the end. Like I want to know, I want a paternity test. I want a Maury episode where we figure out who Sophie's, who Sophie's dad is. Um, uh, but um, so with this, I'm going to take myself out of solo mode and we're gonna look into the cross tab. So what's interesting about this here, and Rocky Horror, I should say, I always want to like Rocky Horror, and I've tried so many times to like it, and every time I just don't. I think I have to go see it 
like in a movie theater with friends who know the inside jokes and and know that I think I have to have the collective talk about community experience. I think I have to have that experience to like Rocky Horror because there's some of the numbers I really like, but it just never quite does it for me. Um, and by that, I mean like the back half, like it just doesn't really do it for me. Well, the um, back half is, is very strange. It's strange. It's strange. Um, it's I'll enjoy some strange, but it's a little too strange for me. But okay, so in the crosstabs here, we've got um, uh, Rocky Horror doing really well with both Instagram audiences, again, skewing a bit younger, um, a little more probably into the um, the camp factor of Rocky Horror, and that whereas the older audience very much gravitating toward Mamma Mia. So this, um, in a lot of ways, is the tight matchup, but you can see here a very tight tight race on Instagram. So I, you know, I don't know that it's going to be enough for Rocky Horror to hold on to the massive lead that we see from Facebook and email. Yeah, 68 on the email survey is very high. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So it looks like the final calculation, Mama Mia going to upset Rocky Horror with 55 to 45. So Mama Mia, you know, here we go again. It gets to see another day. Oh, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror. Home, to quote the song at the end of the show, that's also probably not <laughs> seen by a lot of people who just play the time warp over and over. And so now we have the iconic um, Grease at number three seed against a number 14 seeded Into the Woods. Into the Woods, obviously the Cinderella story of last year's tournament for the stage production. Um, the movie adaptation, again, really not well loved in theater circles, I think. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of editorialization on my part. I don't think it's a great movie adaptation of what I think is a great stage musical. Um, it really uh, loses a lot of its uh, luster. It, it lacks luster, as we say. Um, and uh, But Grease, of course, um, again, um, a favorite of mine, um, difficult as it may be um, to, uh, with the resolution being uh, change yourself so that the, the guy likes you. Um, Although he does change himself for her too. He also changes Not really as much. He just puts on a Letterman jacket, but you know. But he tries to run track famously. Um, and, uh, but definitely again, one of those movies that is an improvement on its source material, I think widely considered an improvement on its source material. So Annika, where do you think this one's gonna go? I think this is gonna be Grease. I think there's really no question. Um, I agree. I mean, Into the Woods, obviously beloved show we saw from last year, a lot of love for the show into the woods, but I agree with you. I don't really think this is a great adaptation of it. And yep, there it is. Yeah. And with about a two thirds vote. Yeah. Greece is gonna, Greece is gonna take it, which I kind of, I thought it would be a little closer. I have to say, I thought it'd be closer because there's so much love for into the woods after it outperformed last year. I was like, yeah. well, maybe it's going to do it again this year. And like, actually maybe a lot of people don't like Greece. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, when you have John Travolta shaking his tush and dancing, it's, you know, I, this is I, James Corden. No, sorry. Love, well, yeah, a tough, a tough look. Um, I think we do actually have comment um, from the witch. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go live to the scene. Oh no, we're not. Stop. Hold, please. <laughs> Wrong click. RIP to Into the Woods. <laughs> She's a drama queen. She is a drama queen. Um, uh, so yeah, Meryl Streep prevailing in Mamma Mia and not prevailing in Into the Woods, an interesting thing. And both Sondheim shows knocked out in the first round. Yeah. 
Except for West Side Story. I think that's the only thing he has left. Well, you know, I mean, Sondheim is a, obviously a genius non-pare of like all things, but like his pieces are very theatrical and sometimes that's not an easy thing to translate to a film. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, when we did musicals last year, it's a, it's a big it's a big hit. Um, so this one, again, I don't know if we're, we're talking number seven, Dream Girls, versus number 10, Seated Oliver. Oliver, a Oscar, an Oscar-winning Best Picture, um, the last musical to win a Best Picture Oscar for a very long time until Chicago kind of um, dumped. That was like a four, almost like 40 years or 35 years, some, some extraordinary like long record. Um, as kind of the end of the golden era. Almost La La Land. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, Chicago broke it. Chicago broke oh, it. Oh, yeah, I got it. Um, but yeah, almost La La Land. Um, so with this one, um, I think, I don't think it's an upset alert. Let's see. I don't think it is. I think, you know, she, yeah. um, uh, Dreamgirls managed to hold on, um, again, a widely celebrated movie adaptation. Um, Beyonce, I think, and the um, the beehive probably coming in coming in clutch here, um, and obviously an Oscar winning performance from uh, Jennifer Hudson, who I think has comment um, to Oliver. Hold hold please, I, I'm getting a. No way, she's not letting go. She's not letting go of the slot, and I think we also have Oliver for comment. Tragic, really tragic. Yeah. God, I think it was really cruel to that poor child. <laughs> I am a mess. I'm an absolute mess. Um, okay, and then I think this brings it to our final, our final matchup. My Fair Lady at a number two seed, again, widely celebrated Best Picture winner, um, a number two seed, widely celebrated movie adaptation. Um, certainly in its time, I think it has, um, it's, uh, it's, Fate has um, uh, kind of been a little more critiqued, I think, over the years for not as um, big and bold a movie adaptation as it probably could be. Certainly the casting of Audrey Hepburn was controversial at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a famous, if you want to go onto a Google uh, rabbit hole, there's a great, there's a, you know, a great story about how Mary Pop, um, Julie Andrews was passed over for the movie version of Mary Pop, um, movie version of My Fair Lady, which then allowed her to, um, for Walt Disney to snatch her up and put her into Mary Poppins for which she wins an Oscar and Audrey Hepburn is um, uh, ignored for her work in My Fair Lady. Um, and again, uh, having been dubbed by Marnie Nixon um, as was famous. So um, Annika, what do you think is gonna happen here? Bye Bye Birdie, again, a love, a beloved movie with tons of fun, upbeat numbers. Where, where do you think this one's gonna go? I think it has to be My Fair Lady. I mean, My Fair Lady is is one of the biggies. I. I it's just gore. I mean, look at like, even in this image, like that iconic Ascot outfit is just part of cinema history in a way that nothing from Bye Bye Birdie has really like made a dent in the same way. So I think My Fair Lady is- It's true. This one, this one, not, not super close. My Fair Lady winning on every, across every platform quite handily. Um, and so that, that about, um, you know, that wraps it up basically for our first, first day. Those are all the matchups we've, we've made it through. If, yeah. if everyone can believe it. Um, so we're gonna give a quick preview. So tonight at midnight in Goodspeed's Instagram story and Goodspeed's Facebook story in the podcast, um, in the podcast Instagram uh, story. And um, we have the results already from the email survey. We're gonna be looking at the stage left 
divisions, which will give you a little bit of a primer for what's going to happen there. So we've got uh, a number one seated Wizard of Oz taking on a number 16 seated last five years, Music Man, Nightmare Before Christmas, Bandwagon, Cinderella. I mean, so many great ones in the upstage left division. I think I've got a lot of upsets predicted in this particular um, set of the bracket. And then in the, in the bottom, um, upstage right, um, or downstage right, that is the wrong graphic. But um, in that bracket, we've got Sound of Music versus Cats, which should be fascinating. <laughs> and um, a High School Musical versus Willy Wonka, which should be really interesting. Tons of really interesting matchups. I'll remind you of Annika's predictions. Um, doing pretty well. I mean, save for Hedwig and Rocky Horror, I think you, uh, you got it all right. Um, yeah. And I think let's check in on mine. You may have gotten it all exactly. I right. think I got it all right today. I mean, we'll yeah. see about tomorrow. But um, so and then and so tomorrow with the voting, let's see. You think all that jazz is going to prevail over Easter Parade? Fiddler will prevail over. I think there's a lot more change in uh, these between the two of us in terms of upsets. Yeah, um, there's a lot more so, that I really honestly was like, oh God, I don't know how this could go. Yeah, this is that it's the uh, stage left divisions is where we uh where we chain where we where we'll battle where our predictions go up against each other um any final thoughts on the first day of moving musical march madness in 2021 annika um i will just say you know uh justice for men slash non-binary presenting people in corsets in musical theater because i feel like Hedwig and Rocky Horror, um, RIP from this division. I love them both. I'm sad to see them go. It's it's a tough a tough loss, um, and hopefully there will not be as um, any injustice um, on Friday. We will be back here on Friday, whether you're watching on Facebook or Instagram or listening in the podcast feed. Um, we will be back on Friday to talk about the stage left divisions round one, uh, and then so make sure and check out the voting. It goes live at midnight tonight. And then we'll be back to talk about it with more memes, more clips um, of passing through. Again, grab your ticket for passing through. If you haven't already, grab your link. Um, on demand. The reason, the reason we get to be here, the reason that everything is uh, is happening. So really, really, um, some exciting stuff happening here at Goodspeed. And I'm gonna play our intro as an outro, and we will see you on Friday. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.